Sometime in the winter of 2019, my friend Matt called me, and he asked me if I wanted to preach at my community, the Sanctuary Boston. He asked me, as he often does, what are you thinking about these days? And I said, well, to be honest, I've been thinking a lot about the end of the world. And he said, oh, just, just that. And I said, yeah, just, just that. I had been watching a lot of a post-apocalyptic dystopian TV and reading a lot of dystopian apocalyptic literature, you see, so it was on my mind. I was thinking about this time when all that you know changes and a new world is reborn. The Greek root of the word apocalypse means uncovering. At this time, in February of 2020, I didn't know the precipice of a great uncovering that I was standing upon. So we picked a date, mid-February 2020. The fabulous Sanctuary Band picked out some songs. They rehearsed, it's the end of the world as we know it. Rocked out, we were seeing R.E.M. in church. I was like, yes, they sounded great. I put together some thoughts that I had about the end times and apocalypse. I felt ready. And then the day before I was set to share this sermon about the end of the world, I experienced the sudden end of a serious relationship that I counted on. And I found myself heartbroken and unmoored, without a place to live, and reeling, not knowing what had happened to my world. The day of the service, I woke up on the couch of a dear friend from my community and I gave the sermon that night with my hands shaking, thinking, what authority do I have to speak about end times when I feel that I'm living through my own small personal one? If you have gone through a heartbreak or any life-changing event like this, you know, maybe you remember what it feels like to have the pieces of what you once thought you knew out from under you and the ground unsteady that you thought you could walk across. There are things that happen to us individually that feel like the end of the world. And we are ever ongoing, living through collective and personal and political end times. So for a few weeks after I was heartbroken and my small piece of the world had ended, I reeled and I tried to relearn how to walk across solid ground. And a friend of mine gave me a book called Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler, right at this moment. I'm not usually a reader of science fiction, but I was in a lot of change and I didn't know how much change I was yet in for and how much I would come to need her words and her story in the weeks and years to come. Parable of the Sower is a post-climate apocalypse dystopian future work of science fiction published in 1993 and set in 2024. <laughs> in it, Lauren Alamina, the 15-year-old protagonist and hero of our tale, lives in a gated community in California where water is more precious than gasoline and where fires cover the land. Lauren's society slowly and then more quickly begins to unravel, and she sets off on a journey to find safety. And as she is surviving, the thing she does to survive is to develop a new religion. As she's developing her religion, she writes its sacred texts. She calls them Earthseed, Books of the Living. You heard a verse from Earthseed earlier. 
In this religion, God is change. Not metaphorically, but literally. There is nothing truer or holier or purer than change. Now, as 15-year-old Lauren writes this scripture, she weaves the verses of this new text through the story. And during this time in my life, there was one particular verse that became so important to me. I wrote it on a sticky note and it stuck it next to my bed and I woke up every morning and I read it like a prayer or a mantra. I'll read it for you. All that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. Now, something that happened to me during this time in my life is that as I read that verse every morning, it took on new meaning for me. Something happened that a professor of mine from Divinity School calls scripturalization, where a text, any text, becomes like scripture to a person. So this Afro-futurist sci-fi novel from the 90s scripturalized for me. And just a few weeks later, the pandemic began. And everything that I thought I knew about my world changed overnight and then changed and then changed and then changed again and has not settled down since. Maybe you know this feeling of relearning to walk on shifting grounds. So through this time in my life, these words became so important to me, it made me think in a new way about science fiction. In 2020, apocalyptic fiction, speculative fiction, and this kind of media flew off the shelves. Margaret Atwood, Cormac McCarthy, Ursula K. Le Guin, Stephen King boomed in popularity. Octavia's book, which had never been a bestseller before, rose to the New York Times bestseller list in September of 2020, 27 years after its original publication. In the sequel to Parable of the Sower, a candidate runs for president in the year 2032 under the slogan, Make America Great Again. <laughs> Octavia Butler passed away in 2006. These prophets of science fiction maybe have something to tell us. One of the ways that I was introduced to Octavia Butler is from the writer Adrian Marie Brown. Adrian says, all organizing, all work for social justice is science fiction. Science fiction is simply a way of practicing the future together. I suspect that is what many of you are up to, practicing futures together practicing justice together, living into new stories. It is our right and our responsibility to create a new world. These words of Adrian's hold such power for me because I think that that is what we try to do here in our Unitarian Universalist communities. We try to practice how the future could look together. When we covenant together of how we will treat one another, we are imagining a better world. 
We are participating in the science fiction of dreaming of a world in which violence and oppression don't exist, a world that we don't have yet. But when we practice together, when we live it out as true with one another, it becomes true. And our science fiction authors help teach us how this can be done. So I thought to myself, what would it look like if I took this dystopian science fiction work seriously in the creation of a new world? And to do that, I used a practice that I learned in divinity school called a close reading, often with a sacred text, in which you look at a verse of text deeply, line by line, to see maybe what it tells you about your own life. I'll show you what I mean. All that you touch, you change. This reminds me that I am inseparable from my world. I am so deeply into the fabric of my people that nothing that happens to me, nothing that I do, happens in a vacuum. Every person, every, sit, every situation, every system, every plant and animal that I interact with, I change. All that you change, changes you. The process of shaping this change is not one directional. I am impacted by that which I impact. When I take a new job, move to a new neighborhood, join a church, I change that place and it, I am changed by it. We are ever bound in this sort of heartbreaking, inescapable, intricate interdependence. The only lasting truth is change. Every day, for the past three years, I have thought, maybe this is the day where everything calms down. <laughs> and it has never been true. What has continued to be true is that things have and will change. This is the thing that I can count on more than anything. So maybe it is holy. God has changed. What would it take for me to, instead of being afraid of change or resenting it or resisting it, what if instead I loved it fiercely? What if I held it as divine, worshipped it, attended to it, placed my life on its altar, with reverence and awe and respect, but with the knowledge that I am a conduit of it. Now this part is key. And our protagonist, Lauren, of our story knows that people often feel that God or change is way above them with power over their lives. People feel like victims of change, victims of God. And Octavia writes, God exists to be shaped. With forethought and work, we shape God. So I look at my world, the communities that I belong to. I am not a victim of change. I am the sower who can cultivate better soil, cultivate and shape God. With my own two hands, it is done. And in this particular moment of time, 
Together we are articulating what our science fiction visions of a reality that we might get to live in together look like and how we could travel together to that land. This is the place for me for the religious community in naming our wildest, most fanciful science fiction dreams and helping tell us what they say about our values and how we get there. And my dream, my science fiction vision, is a land where we create together. A land where we cultivate good soil so that it bears 30 or 60 times as much fruit for all our neighbors. A beloved community where we are the vessel for the turning of this tide. So if I am to be that vessel, no matter how hard and scary change is, I must work on shaping this change that is to come, reconciling with the knowledge that it is holy because it is ours to make. I am not a victim of change. I am creating the new grounds, shaping the lands that are to come, shaping God. Will you go with me? Blessed be. Amen.